Hi, everyone, and welcome once again to Weather or Not, sponsored by TD Bank. We haven't had the opportunity to do much not on Weather or Not because of the onslaught of weather systems. We are really in a firing range in an active pattern that has started the new year. And for those of you who are have storm fatigue, I completely understand. Uh, basically, I'm just forecasting, eating, sleeping, and, and forecasting and covering storms for you. But the good news is, is that once we get into the last week of January, it looks like our pattern relaxes a little bit. But for right now, we're just getting hit left and right with these storms. I know you want to know about snow totals. Yes, that's on the board for early next week. But first, we have to address the most urgent flood event that we have coming on this Friday night and going into this Saturday morning. So let's get right to it. And again, on this version of whether or not we talk about more flooding and the potential for some snow on the way. And regardless, Regardless of the snow chance, the cold that's coming in is some of the most severe that we've had this season so far. All right, let's lay the groundwork for the event coming in on Friday night and its impacts. We talk about rain, wind, flooding, and the cold that follows. In general, we're going to come in somewhere between one and two inches of rain. The two-inch totals may not be widespread and common, but I think we will get some amounts that go to two and in an isolated case go above two. Uh, hopefully not in the Passaic River Basin and the lower Hudson Valley where we've been hit so hard before and into Connecticut, but it does look like we could get some of the higher totals there. While this is a an event that will span mid-evening on Friday to about daybreak on Saturday, the brunt is going to happen in a three to four hour period that'll go midnight to about 4 a.m. That's when we'll have the heaviest rain coinciding with the strongest winds. The winds could get to gust to 50 at the coast. I did notice that the Weather Service upgraded to a high wind warning on the Jersey Shore, and we are what's called very well mixed in terms of we can grab some of those 80 mile an hour winds a few thousand feet up and transfer them down to the surface in some of these heavy downpours. So maybe a 60 mile per hour gust, not out of the question. If you remember last storm, we had 70 mile per hour gusts and widespread 60 mile per hour gusts. So I think we take that down in magnitude a little bit and talk about gusts that will be isolated 60 miles an hour. This is essentially Tuesday's little brother with this storm, slide it a little, little bit later in timing. The problem is even a little less potency in our kind of vulnerable state trying to get up off the mat after all these storms, it can still cause really significant damage. So I don't want you to get in a mode and that you've been hearing not as bad so I can decide dismissed. We're just not in that mode right now. We have to take it very seriously. In terms of flooding, minor flooding for the most part, urban flooding I mean. When we talk about river flooding, we're really hyper-focused on the Passaic River for major flooding. Most of the other rivers will be in minor to potentially moderate flooding, and I'll go through those. Coastal flooding is another major event. We just had a new moon yesterday, so astronomically the tides are high. We've already had uh, these southeasterly winds coming in. They're going to push a lot of water, especially in the south shore of Long Island, like a Great South Bay or um, in a Jamaica Bay. We could have some major coastal flooding again. So your Freeports and your Lindenhurst, unfortunately. Now the cold. This is a difference than with the last storm. This cold is for real. I mean, we start seeing uh, cold air coming in on a gusty wind on Sunday, but then there's another cold shot, and that's an actual Arctic front that comes in on Sunday with a rain or even a snow shower, really, in the afternoon. And then the temperatures really start to plummet, and we're in some of our coldest air of the season, which climatologically, you'd think, in January, that's when we're going to get into it. And just a sample of that. So just look at our temperatures that could start Saturday morning. You may walk outside, if you're in early 
early riser, it's balmy. I mean, we're pushing 60 degrees. Yet, you know, 100, 200 miles to our west, we're dropping below freezing. Watch Chicago's temperature as we go through this. We're dropping down through the 20s on Saturday. We're dropping through the 40s here. And by the time we get to Sunday, a forecast high in the single digits in Chicago. So that's where the core of the polar air is pushed. We're a little modified, but you know, trying to get out of the 30s on Sunday may be tough. Maybe we nudge a 40, but our coldest air will follow that. And then we will have cold, for the most part, Arctic air in place. And that's why just an early hint, if we're gonna get something out of the next storm early next week, it's snow. It's snow or no. I just don't see where we're gonna get mixing out of that particular storm. Very, very low chance. I can't put it at zero, but I would say my gut tells me it's snow or no. The overall alerts, you have blizzards going on in parts of the plains. You have, I mean, Chicago's getting walloped. There's some mixing in downtown, but the northwest suburbs are going 6 to 12 inches. Then, of course, all the flood alerts that are off to the east. All right, here's the way it's shaping up. Uh, what I just passed by was a flood alert, basically a flood watch. That's out for the entire area, so no, no brainer there. I mean, it's not out for Long Island, but we're all getting heavy rain, heavy rain out of this. When you look at the overall river flooding, we'd love to see the trend we've had since the last storm, which is you know less green shading because our rivers have been falling. So the green shading you see, it's the Still River, the Housatonic, Connecticut, but mostly the Passaic River, which still has some major flooding. The Pompton, the Rockaway, there's some minor flooding there. So what happens with this storm? It's a little different evolution. So if you look at the river like the Saddle, which if you're familiar in that area, uh, it spikes in a hurry, a smaller river. Um, they're talking about dredging that because it's, it's, it's at a very shallow level right now. So it spiked up to 10 feet or more in the last storm, and then it drops really rapidly. Well, this time, if you notice, even though we could put two inches of rain over the Saddle River area, we'll spike later Saturday and Saturday night, but thankfully only to minor flood levels at worst. You're not seeing major flooding there. And part of that just may be because a lot of the snowpack has been eroded. So you're not taking the two inches and adding all the moisture and the runoff because of the snowpack. That may have helped. Same idea with the Pompton. There's a rise, but the latest river gauge forecast doesn't even put the Pompton into minor flooding. And it may go there, but at least we're not going into moderate or major flooding. And you can follow this type of script for whether it's the Peconic or the Rockaway or the Millstone. The Passaic is a totally different animal. We have gone into major flood stage. There's been a, a, the slightest of dips I noticed today, but all this flow is going to keep the Passaic in moderate to major flood stage right through the weekend into early next week, which is just an awful situation for places like Patterson and West Caldwell and Wayne, New Jersey. This is in Little Falls, of course. This is at Pinebrook. Again, not cresting until later Sunday at over 22 feet. Uh, so staying in major flood levels. And that goes, look at, into Tuesday. So we're covering this as we get the cold weather in and things are freezing up and as we get potential snows. So just an awful situation. Uh, this is the, the latest update on the wind advisories and widespread wind advisories, which typically would indicate the potential for 50 mile per hour gusts and even a high wind warning along the Jersey Shore. So could coastal areas push a 60 mile per hour gust? Yes, so down trees, power outages, definitely a possibility again. 
The coastal flooding, this is where the magnitude is just as bad as we saw with the Tuesday storm. Moderate to locally major coastal flooding, especially east of Freeport, the south shore of Long Island. It's those high tide times in the morning on Saturday. It's roughly about 6 to 10 in the morning on the sound. It's about 1 o'clock in the afternoon. The evolution of this storm is that the difference was we get to squeeze in the evening commute on Friday without major flooding. We just get some raindrops in uh, over westernmost New Jersey, and then it starts to kick in between 7 and 9. Light it first. So we also get a hit, by the way, of some snow in the Poconos and Catskills. You'll get some moderate bands of showers coming in during the first part of the evening, but I think it's toward midnight when the storm starts to hit a different gear, and midnight to about 4 a.m., probably the brunt of the storm. And even if you notice, and you're able to see this on ABC 7 and Y and get some of our visuals and our maps if you're just listening on the podcast. It's just depicting uh, torrential rains and gusty winds right around 1 in the morning, and that's over a good chunk of the area, and then starting to pivot out. Again, it's another quick mover and quick hitter, so the heaviest rain should be north and east of New York City by 3 or 4 in the morning. Uh, Connecticut, Long Island, Hudson Valley have to deal with it maybe till about 5 in the morning, and by daybreak we're mild, we're breezy, we just have some spotty showers left over, we do have some flooding. Our winds are trying to turn offshore at that point, but that's too little too late for the coastal flood cycle that'll come in Saturday morning. So I still think we're talking about major um, flooding in, in spots as we go through Saturday morning. All right, so now our temperatures start to drop during the day on Saturday. They don't necessarily crash, but with temperatures dropping from near 60 through the 40s, with winds that are still gusting over 35 miles an hour, your wind chills in the afternoon hours are falling through the 30s. And then by Sunday morning, we're sub-freezing in most of our suburbs at that point. We've got sunshine uh, mixing with clouds. Now, because what we're called prefrontal, temperatures still can get in the 30s to around 40 during the day on Sunday with a mix of sun and clouds, but it's very unstable. So if this Arctic front starts coming through during the afternoon hours, notice how it's just starting to show a sign of a couple of showers around. And that's a signal that we may get either a rain shower going to a gusty snow shower or a couple of squally showers. That may be what you see, like a a whipping snow shower in the afternoon hours on Sunday. That will be your signal that the Arctic air is starting to come in. The future cast rainfall overall, right in line with what we're talking about, one to two inches of rain. Again, I think the two inches more the, the exception rather than the rule. But if you look at some of the green or orange shading if you're watching this and seeing our maps it's depicting some of the higher totals Passaic, uh, Bergen County and Rockland, Orange County, some other maxes right over Westchester and Fairfield others over the island, similar spots that have been hardest hit over the previous storms. Looking at winds the winds are picking up during the evening some gusts along the coast by 8 or 9 o'clock they'd be close to 30 miles an hour and the peak winds closer to midnight we see some 40 mile per hour gusts maybe peaking 50, 60 mile per hour gusts during the overnight hours. I think the highest gusts in New York City is somewhere around 45 50 miles an hour, but the coastal areas will obviously be a lot stronger and the potential for damaging winds. Again, not as strong as the last storm, but still potentially damaging and those wind gusts are going with us as we go through Saturday afternoon. What can you do to get ready? You still have time during the early evening hours. Clear those storm drains. Uh, If you are flood prone and you think your basement might get flooded again, test your sump pumps. Make sure the generators are working. If we get some power outages, secure those loose items around the home. Avoid travel if you can late tonight and during the overnight. It's okay being out during the mid-evening hours before the rain comes in, but once we get closer to midnight, things could change in a hurry, and all of a sudden you run into low visibilities and rising waters, and it gets really dangerous on area roadways, and we always remind you, turn around, don't drive. There's no reason to drive in flooded roadways.
People who disappear without a trace. Where is she? The most notorious murder cases in New York. Pure evil. And the most devious killers. There's a Hannibal Lecter feel to him. For chilling true crime stories, follow the True Crime NYC podcast wherever you listen. Okay, uh, not bearing the lead. I know you want to know about what's going on with this snow threat next week. It is a legitimate shot at snow. But our issue with this when we're forecasting is the players are not on the field for us to have really good data and accurate weather guidance for this. The pieces are over the Pacific. There's a couple of pieces, one near Alaska, one out way out in the Pacific. Once they get on land, we get to sample those better. That means that some of the better data is going to go into our computer guidance and we can have a better feel for exact track. Yes, we certainly know some signs of the system right now, but any snow maps that you see coming out right now, they are just for fun. I mean, they are educated guesses at this point, and that's why we want to come on here and be responsible about what the snow potential is. So let me get into that uh, as, as far as it's shaping up. When we look at the steering winds, we're going to look at those troughs and ridges we've been talking about, those dips in the jet stream. For instance, if we're looking at the setup going into this rainstorm, look at the big dip in the jet stream and the cold air going into the upper Midwest, the storm developing and cutting through the Great Lakes, and that's a classic setup for big rainfall or warmer side of the storm for us. And by the way, look at the dump of cold air behind that system. This is something we haven't seen, so you're kind of getting a little piece of that polar vortex pivoting down into the lower 48. It's not a direct shot for us. That's for the Great Lakes, the Midwest, Chicago land. But for us, we get a modified piece of that that comes in over the weekend. So here's one thing I'm confident on. The cold air is in place for whatever magnitude storm is coming in early next week. That's why I'm really favoring snow or no versus talking about a sharp cutting system that's going to get rain or mix into the picture. Now, the ocean temperatures are way above average, so I can't say zero chance if the storm would really cut, but I don't see a high chance for that. Okay, so now we go into Tuesday and the cold air is locked in. But look at the overall pattern of the steering winds. Look how smooth they are. Uh, there's not this sharp trough. Um, we'd like to see it a little bit more amplified so that the storm could take a sharp turn to the north and get us into the shield of snow. It's close enough to get us into the snow, but it favors more of a glancing blow. Doesn't mean you couldn't get a few inches of snow, but a big storm... You know, could South Jersey or the East End be in store for that? It's not out of the question. One thing I am seeing is definitely a sharpening of the jet stream later in the period, Tuesday night into Wednesday. So could the storm start to really get explosive and curl up and start to get closer to the New England coast? Yes, it's a little too late in the game for us. Doesn't mean some wraparound snows couldn't maybe clip parts of eastern Long Island. But is it a widespread big snow for the tri-state? I, you know, that's not high percentage for me right now. And then after that, uh, we'll have another storm coming in. That's for late next week. Again, that's another system where the cold air is in place, but is the storm close enough? And while it's way too early to talk about a specific path for that, one storm's going to affect another. If the early week storm can get closer, then ultimately the storm track may still be closer for the late week storm. But if we're talking near miss on Tuesday and early Wednesday, we may be talking about a lower impact storm that follows on uh, Friday and maybe into the Saturday time, but it looks more like it would be a Friday system. All right, so let's look at the overall storm track itself. So we're blustery and much colder on Sunday, 
on Monday, we start to see this storm develop. You can see the two pieces coming together. So the storm is over the deep south at that point, and you see the band of snow that are breaking out of the plains and even over the deep south. I mean, could we have snows down to Little Rock and, and Memphis and the northern parts of Mississippi and, and Alabama, northwest of Atlanta even? And then you see what this particular model depiction does. It forms that storm, that low, in a weaker fashion well off the outer banks, a little too far to the north and west, we can see the, the, the polar jet stream trying to interact and break out some snows. So we get some snow, but we're not able to get in the heaviest snow. And, and then it starts to ramp up once it goes into Atlanta, Canada, but we've already missed the boat at that point, And it's just brisk and very cold. Let me show you a second model depiction of it. Same evolution, storm developing over to the south, but a little sharper track, a little bit more interaction with the polar jet stream, and we start to see a little bit more uh, snow breakout, and we're just on that northwestern side. Even this one, which is a little bit more bullish on snow, misses us with the heaviest snow band, keeps it over the coastal waters, gets us in a little bit more, but maybe belts parts of northern New England, and again, over into the Canadian Maritimes. What does that translate to? And, and again, I, I'm not putting out snowfall maps with this, but I want to show you what those two different solutions would translate to in terms of snow. First of all, we have a little bit of snow on the front end of this flood event Friday night in the Poconos and Catskills, where we got a few inches last time. It might be a coating to maybe a slushy inch. On Sunday, by the way, the lake effect bands get going. Buffalo's going to get slammed. This is going to be fascinating to see what they do with the playoff game, 1 o'clock Sunday, Bill's Steelers. If that band is over Orchard Park, they could be snowing at two inches an hour and a whiteout for the playoff game. NFL debating that situation right now, but that band is going to be pretty ferocious as we go into Sunday. Now, getting into that Tuesday night, Wednesday time period, look how there's no additional snowfall over the tri-state area. So that's a near miss for this particular model. The more bullish one I talked about, by Wednesday morning or midday. Snowfall totals, but not blockbuster amounts. You can see how it favors eastern Long Island, maybe South Jersey, with a little bit more substantial snow. So I think the messaging right now is, is that the storm track is a little suppressed. Uh, it might take a little bit long to, to, to get this storm going. Maybe a weaker feature may not be amplified enough for us to get into big snows, but I think we are cold enough. Uh, if we do have precipitation, it is going to be in the form of snowfall. So we're not forecasting uh, a blockbuster storm just yet. That's where we stand, and hopefully as we get closer, uh, we'll be able to update some of these um, maps and get you preliminary snowfall maps if they are in fact necessary. Uh, looking down the road, for those of you who want to catch your breath and get a break, I like the signs that are happening. Uh, beyond the seven day, our temperatures are still favoring below normal. So we're still in a colder pattern, maybe easing a little bit. But if you look at this pattern, this is significant. After being in this uh, firing range of a storm track and lots of interaction with the subtropical jet stream and lots of moisture and soakers available to us, we may go into a period where we're below normal in precipitation, which is welcome news to all of you living in the river basin and really all across the area, um, whether your basements are getting flooded or where you're getting surges from coastal flood. I know you want to break, and hopefully that'll be coming as we ease the pattern as we end the month of January. All right, lots to talk about as we get closer to the storm, but I wanted to give you an idea of this extreme flood event we'll have followed by the potential early next week. We know we're getting colder, so prepare your, your homes and uh, your wardrobe for getting back into the cold, layering up into early next week. That is the way it's shaping up. You can always get our maps on all of our platforms. I'll continue updating it on a continuous basis, but I appreciate you watching whether or not we will be back with you next time, rain or shine or maybe snow.